are tuned in to the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl Watchlist Show with your hosts Rick Staratella and Joe Everett, featuring NFLPA Bowl Executive Director Dane Vandernath. Back at it again with a brand new show, our season premiere, the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl Watchlist Show. I am your host Rick Staratella. I'll be joined by Joe Everett. We'll also talk to new Executive Director. Dane Vandernat here all today as we unveil the new direction that we're taking this ninth annual NFL PA Collegiate Bowl to be held on January 18th, 2020 at the historic Rose Bowl in Pasadena, California. So pumped up, 375 players chosen for this initial watch list. Uh, this is the cream of the crop, the top of the top. These are the seniors that are on the NFL radar. And before we talk to new NFL PA Bowl Executive Director Dane Vandernat, we welcome in the star of the show. He's Joe Everett. You can follow him at Joe W. Everett. Never leaving a stone unturned, Joe. It's another season. It's another show. It's another fresh start. Welcome on in. How you doing, my friend? I'm just in, in in shock. I mean, how close we are to kickoff with 29 days. That's, uh, I can't believe it, but it's a good thing we're getting the shows fired up. I uh, feel like I got a lot of pent-up uh, factoids, some stats. Uh, definitely good to get started on quarterbacks and running backs first. So looking forward to that. And, man, just getting to peek into this looking glass here, uh, NFLPA, uh, kind of being a fly on the wall for the whole process. That's uh, I'm very excited for that. Yeah, and I know you'll have some interesting bloodlines along the way. We always uh, get the nitty-gritty bloodlines. And Joe, never leave the stone unturned. Make sure you follow him at Joe W. Everett. Of course, you can uh, keep tabs on the NFL PA Collegiate Bowl watch list as we unveil them position by position. Follow them at NFL PA Bowl. And, of course, hopefully, if you're tuned into the show, you've been following along at NFL Draft Bible. Of course, we'll chronicle all of those training camp tours, all of the campus visits. We'll shed some light into uh, some of the prospects that we're keeping tabs on and, and visiting with and meeting with as we uh, make our journey across the country. And, you know, I was fortunate enough to be down in Charlotte, North Carolina at the ACC Media Day, getting a chance to talk to uh, several uh, prospects on our watch list, getting to uh, spread the word of the NFL PA Bowl and what it means to some of the coaches. Great to see Mac Brown back in the saddle there. Uh, at North Carolina, and, you know, also talk to uh, Coach Cutcliffe. You know, hey, what's the deal with Mark Gilbert, the Duke lockdown corner? You know, some people, Joe, felt like he was uh, the best cover corner in the conference, and he's still rehabbing. Uh, Coach Cutcliffe still waiting for the green light there and, you know, staying optimistic. But uh, just an example of one of many players uh, we'll be keeping tabs on. Of course, I had a chance to visit the Charlotte, the 49ers campus while I was in town. They were so nice enough to open their doors and, and host me and, and give me a tour of the facility. And I had a chance to speak with several players, Alex Highsmith. Uh, this guy's a terror on the edge, former walk-on, really, um, really, really high on the NFL radar 
17 and a half tackles for loss last year. You know, he was telling me, Joe, some of the uh, new coaching staff, especially the strength uh, and conditioning coach, and then Montario Hardesty, uh, who you may remember coming out of Tennessee, what? the former running back. Yeah, he's on the staff, <laughs> and he just said <laughs> the intensity uh, that Montario is bringing to the table is just helping set a tone, trying to turn that program around. Um, I also had a ch- chance to meet with Benny Snell, um, not Benny Snell, uh, Benny LeMay, who runs like Benny Snell, by the way. <laughs> mm-hmm. But Benny LeMay, the running back there at Charlotte, um, <clears throat> he'll have a chance to prove himself week four when they uh, visit Clemson and have a chance to really shine on the big stage. And then Cam Clark, the offensive lineman there, might be the highest-graded prospect. So uh, three players there in Charlotte uh, on the watch list. And, Joe, we're going to get a chance to break down the quarterbacks and running backs today, and we'll be back next week to discuss some more of the skill position players. But uh, shed some light on what you're looking for when you evaluate these positions. Obviously, the quarterback – uh, to this day being the hardest position to evaluate. And, you know, there's no proven formula there. Obviously, there's been a share, fair share of busts throughout the course of time. But what are some of the things, quickly here, <clears throat> when you look at the quarterback and running back position, some of the things you're you're keeping an eye open? Well, I think it's changed totally. You know, back in the day, that'd be your – your first off prerequisite had to be like, this guy's got to be X height and he's got to be X arm strength. And man, that's uh, not in today's game. Now I, I believe the prerequisite almost is, can you make plays off schedule? Uh, the, the, the statue quarterback, in my, my opinion is dead. Uh, I think uh, that once Brady dies out, <laughs> that's, that's the end of it, man. Cause like, it, it's just, so it's happening so quickly now that I really believe the new quarterbacks are the, the, the Carson Wentz, the, the Baker Mayfield, the Russell Wilson. I mean, these guys are having success for a reason. Pat Mahomes is out there making plays because, well, yeah, he's, he's also got a howitzer on him, but it's what he can do freelancing and improvisational skills that he possesses. I think that's so much more of a part of it in today uh, than it ever was. And now I think that's the, it's almost where I'm starting. Like like I said, a prerequisite, I, I, you cannot be a stiff back there. You really have to have um, just that those, those eyes in the back of your head and, and just flat-out lateral uh, ability to move, I think, is so much more important today than ever. And uh, that, But then, yeah, not only starting there, but, you know, it, it really boils down to what kind of scheme they're running and, and – I I I think you have to be open-minded anymore. Like you, you can't shut off to these read option guys. I I I I think it was so hilarious back in the day the the rhetoric with uh, Watson when we were kind of breaking him down. People you know cutting him up where he's only looking at half the field. Everything's predetermined. Well, when you're in a basic, real simplistic college offense run by 19 and 20 year olds, you might want to just boil it down real nice and easy for the kid. Uh, but, you know, when NFL guys got their hands on Watson, though, they found out it wasn't just that. I mean, he was manipulating matchups. He knew these guys in detail. He was a pretty deep study. So I think uh, there's just so much more that's going into it nowadays than it used to be. So I think uh, definitely where these guys are mentally and, 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 like I said, just 
physically being able to get out of a jam and freelance, I, I think that's that's moved right up to the forefront for me. Yeah, we're seeing it uh, firsthand with uh, the Giants and, and also the uh, Broncos now with guys like Eli Manning, Joe Flacco. Can those pocket passing quarterbacks still succeed at the next level? And like I said, you know, one of the cool things about unveiling the watch list is when we um, unveil each position, our executive director, Dane Vandernat, has given us some insight in terms of how to get recognized, what we're looking for at each position. And we've got 2020 vision here at the NFLPA Collegiate Watchlist Show because um, we are counting you down to the 2020 draft process. It starts off in Pasadena, California, January 18th at the historic Rose Bowl. And here to talk about it is the new executive director, of the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl will have an opportunity to kind of pick his brain each and every week here uh, on the weekly show. And he joins us now on the hotline. We welcome in on his birthday, by the way, Dane Vandernat. Welcome into the show, Dane. It's a pleasure to have you here. How are we doing today? Hey, Rick and Joe, doing great, man. Appreciate you guys having me on here. Thanks for the uh, birthday shout out. Absolutely. And, you know, hey, we're looking forward to breaking it down here each and every week and uh, really just uh, being transparent through the process. I think it's very important uh, to for the players and the agents and everybody that's involved, the scouts, the GMs from the top down to the bottom to see kind of how we're assembling our roster, uh, assembling this game. And, you know, it's really much more than a game. It's really in a week-long event, Dane, because of everything that it offers. But before we get into all that, you know, for the people at home that might not be familiar with your background, obviously you spent a long time and had success with the Raiders. Um, You know, give people a little bit of a background story in terms of how you got to this point and, you know, what you're looking forward to achieving here at the NFL PA Collegiate Bowl. Sure, absolutely. Well, you know, first of all, again, guys, it's a pleasure to be on. Always been an admirer from afar, and it's great to uh, to join you guys here. And, um, you know, as far as my own background, you know, as you uh, mentioned, Rick, at, you know, for the last decade, I was with the Raiders and, uh, you know, was very fortunate that um, after I completed grad school out in the Bay Area doing some internships with the team, you know, I went from working for free doing internships with the Raiders to finally getting my foot in the door and entry-level scouting position and uh, where I got to wear a lot of different hats and got to partake in both the college and the pro side and um, was very fortunate, uh, you know, didn't always seem fortunate at the time working for Al Davis, but, uh, you know, he was he, he was quite the character to work for. He was quite demanding, uh, to say the least, but it was, a, it was an honor and a great experience for me. And uh, in 2011, right before he passed away, he promoted me to a pro scout and uh, when uh, Ridge McKenzie came on the following season, he uh, kind of kept me in that role and kind of groomed me for a leadership role, if you will, with the Raiders there. And uh, in 2015, promoted me to uh, the director of the department over there. And um, it was a lot of fun working with a guy like Ridge McKenzie, who had been there, done that, and had a lot of great insight from his time, both as a player with the Raiders and then obviously all the success that he and the Green Bay staff had. And, uh, you know, he taught me an incredible amount. And uh, I was really fortunate to kind of spend those last seven years working under his tutelage and, um, you know, excited to 
returned back. Right before I went to work for the Raiders, I did an internship with the Players Association uh, back in 2008. And uh, so it's really my privilege to return to, to a great organization like the, the NFLPA and, and to be able to, uh, you know, help uh, um, take this bowl game to the next level here. Dane, what's your vision for this game? And just, like, where do you plan to take it under this new leadership? Just kind of your goals and just expectations for, for, for year one under your, your your tutelage. Yeah, you know, I always tell everyone, you know, that, that I'm a competitor. You know, I don't like to uh, give ground to anyone. I want to win at everything we do. And, you know, so for us, the vision for this game is to be the number one all-star showcase of collegiate talent. You know, I think uh, – for being the union for the players, part of what makes us unique is the preparation that we provide these young men as they prepare to transition to the next level. And we want to make sure that obviously we're fielding two rosters of players who can make the most of the preparation by showcasing their talents in front of scouts, coaches, and general managers. And uh, as we enter this year, uh, I mean, I'm on cloud nine with the staff and the partnerships that we've been able to put together and there's no doubt in my mind that we're going to dramatically increase the talent level and provide a platform for all those who follow the NFL draft to become familiar with some of the uh, leading senior prospects. Rick Saratella, Joe Everett here on the NFL PA Collegiate Bowl watch list show, uh, joined by Executive Director Dane Vandernat. Dane, you know, you mentioned uh, the exposure, I think something close to 250 NFL scouts in attendance last year but uh, more importantly you know my message to the players when I meet with them is like hey you go on to the 53-man roster now you're going to be a part of the players union you actually own a piece of this game so let's make it the best we can Uh, it's got top-notch facilities first-class amenities and the education that you receive throughout the week uh, from Hall of Fame players like Jackie Slater who's part of the coaching staff and uh, great players such as Steve Smith and Ed Reed and um, guys that I'm going to get ready to see up in Canton at the Hall of Fame festivities. Not only are you learning from them on the field during the week, uh, getting coached up by by players that have walked in, in the shoes that you want to be in, but at nighttime, you know, in addition to meeting with NFL teams, you're getting educated by these guys, uh, learning about that transition to the next level, learning about what it means to be part of the Players Association uh, so that it's not foreign to you when you do hit the league because it's a big transition uh, as Dan can tell you but uh, we want to get to know a little bit more about the direction the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl is headed in of course uh, Dan will also be working with Ron Hill who brings 40 years of NFL personnel experience and like you said the uh, the team of people that the NFLPA has assembled here should allow us to do some big big things Um, but most importantly I think you know, we highlighted some of the things that are different that the NFL PA Bowl is doing, but uh, what are some of the benefits? What are some of the ways that players will uh, benefit from coming to, out to Pasadena? Well, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head here, Rick, you know, a second ago, because what I truly believe separates us is, you know, kind of, a, you know, I alluded to a minute ago is that we're the only all-star game that educates the players with the knowledge of the business side of football and how they transition to being a union member, to being an NFL player, because let's be honest, if you're on a 53-man roster, and even if you're a practice squad player, you're a 
you're, you're a big fish in, in the pond you're in. And uh, there's a lot that goes along with that. And I think that for us being the players union, it's our responsibility to help these players prepare for life as that big fish to help these players prepare for wherever they're about to relocate to and be a member of that community. Because you have to remember that there's a big transition, not just going from the talent on the field they're playing with, but also from being a poor starving college student to now being somebody with means, but potentially halfway across the country or completely across the country in some cases. So um, there is a lot to go. Um, and I think the what separates the collegiate bowl again is those educational platforms. And as you mentioned also during the week, the participants are not only getting coached by the former players and Hall of Famers um, on the field, but you know they have and they're receiving real-world guidance by our staff and the professional advisors off the field as well. I think from a scouting perspective, and mind you that I attended the first seven years of this game while with the Raiders. Uh, I always found it to have the best facilities of all the all-star games. And that's important for player safety, number one, but also for ensuring that the talent evaluators are able to kind of see the prospects and that they have good vantage points to get done what they need to. And so I think that the collegiate poll, um, in, in additionally, to those two things, they also grant a lot of great access to the scouts and to the talent evaluators. They provided us when I was there as a member of the Raiders with a lot of interview times so that we can talk and get to know these guys in detail who we've been watching all season long, potentially for multiple seasons long. So um, the accommodations that Lester Archambault and his team have kind of created over the years has been second to none. And, you know, I think that all these things, in addition to being under the bright lights, the Rose Bowl, the, the granddaddy of them all, I mean, I think that the PA is, you know, is capable of getting us, to that next level where obviously we're looking to take this game. Uh, Dane, without giving up too much, obviously, I mean, what all went into the watch list process? Uh, what does it mean to a player to say they didn't make this uh, watch list on the first go round? And like, uh, what, what's, when's the entire list uh, going to be released and what can the folks expect out there? Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, i Part of what I think made the watch list process so seamless and thorough, um, you know, really was our partnership with NFL Draft Bible. And, um, you know, we all collaborated with our own unique perspectives and resources. And we've come up with that list of, you know, approximately 375 players who we've identified as prominent draft candidates entering the season. And uh, I can tell you from experience that preseason lists are just a starting point and that. You know, uh, just because a player didn't make it doesn't mean that uh, we're not keeping our collective eyes and ears open. Um, you know, we have a list of prospects that number over a thousand, and uh, we'll be sure to continue to give our due diligence to all the draft eligible players, uh, you know, especially those who are not on the list. And in fact, some of my favorite players while I was with the Raiders were unheralded gems that went to smaller schools and weren't big prospects entering their final seasons. Players like Seth Roberts from West Alabama and Brian Leonhart from Bemidji State, Jalen Richard from Southern Miss. All three of these guys ended up making our 53 after since on practice squads and, you know, really got an opportunity to shine and they made the most of it. So just because you don't always come from a big school or a big program doesn't mean that uh, you're going to fall under the radar. Uh, as far as the full release is concerned, 
We're currently releasing it by position. We started this week, as obviously you guys alluded at the top of the show, with the quarterbacks and the running backs, fullbacks, and then today with tight ends. And we'll continue the process over the next couple of weeks. Uh, you can look for us to finish up the O-line next week and begin on the defense. And all of these releases, of course, can be accessed on uh, both the Collegiate Bowl website and on the Twitter page. Yeah, and at NFL PA Bowl is, uh, I think, the most efficient way if you want the quickest uh, watch list release, position by position this week. Uh, quarterbacks, running backs, tight ends, as Danny alluded to, you can find them right now up on the website. Uh, they'll be releasing them throughout the next couple of weeks or so, uh, counting you down into the season. And like Dane said, we're, we're, we're doing a fine comb across the country from coast to coast trying to find the best possible talent. And, you know, I've spoken to numerous agents. You know, they want to know, hey, where does this player stand? Where, where does that player stand? And I tell them, hey, we've got these grades here that we've been, uh, accumulated in intel from uh, our wide network of contacts. And, and they say, well, hey, well, well how, what's his chances of making the NFL PA Collegiate Bowl? Well, I think the bottom line here is we're looking for draftable talent, first and foremost. If we believe you can be drafted in the next uh, level, then we want you playing in our event. Now, uh, that's where we start. That's what we're looking for. So the higher the grade, uh, the the better chance you have. But, again, like Dane said, the watch list, preseason grade, it's exactly that, a starting point. Uh, so much is going to transpire between now and the start of the season. Uh, performance, you know, bust-out players are going to happen. I don't think anybody here – uh, remembers a, 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 an analyst telling us in, in July of uh, 2018 that Kyler Murray was going to be the number one pick and Dwayne Haskins was going to be selected in the first round. So a lot's going to happen between now and then. I remember Carson Palmer uh, not even being on anybody's radar and then going on to become the number one pick. So, you know, if you weren't on the watch list, I've had you know, players and agents reach out to me. Hey, why, why aren't I on the list? What, how do I get considered? Why isn't this guy on the list? Well, Hey, it doesn't mean it, it can't happen. It doesn't mean he's eliminated. Uh, we're doing our due diligence. Uh, like Dane said, we've got a database of well over a thousand players. And part of this process is listening to what the league tells us. And, and that's part of being transparent about this process. We're going to lean on, NFL GMs to tell us who they want to see in this game. We want to lean on those evaluators and decision makers uh, to see, hey, who who would you like to see participate? Now, it's not the end-all, be-all. There's a lot of factors that go into it, and part of that process is going to be our scouting trails. And, hey, I can guarantee you this. Nobody, and I mean nobody, is going to hit the scouting trails harder than Dan and myself. We're going to be on location across the nation uh, getting to as many games getting familiar with as many programs as we possibly can. Uh, I know the first week of the season, I've got a you know triple header each day. Dane is, is going to be at uh, sometimes as many as three games in one day. He's a maniac with it, as, a, as am I. And, uh, you know, Dane, that leads me into my next question. I can talk about this. This is where our blood and passion is just spilling out, is the scouting process for the upcoming season. And I, I know a lot of thoughts went into how we're going to attack this, uh, but shed some light into the process and give the people at home an idea of what it all entails uh, when that kickoff, just 29 days away, in fact, uh, gets all started. Yeah, those 29 days can't come soon enough sometimes, right? 
But no, you know, you're exactly right, Rick. We are uh, absolutely planning and we are itching at the bud to get on out here. And uh, the process has been underway for quite some time already. Obviously, we've um, you know been very fortunate and to have experienced scouts who, who've joined this team this off season, and a lot of them already have a lot of familiarity with the upcoming year's prospects. So that intel and that insight has been invaluable to you know to all of us as we've kind of prepared these preseason lists and as we look to uh, get out and really canvas the map here. But obviously, additionally with our NFL Draft Bible Partnership. I mean, we've got this great watch list, and it's like you said, it's the starting point. Uh, and then, you know, I think that during training camps, during the season, our goal is to get our eyes on as many players as possible. You know, I'm going to be hitting sometimes as many as three games, as you said. I know that all of us are going to have a very busy travel schedule. We've got the whole country canvassed, and, uh, you know, we're fortunate we've got uh, three former NFL scouts who were all draft picks that have joined our, our team this offseason and who are going to be helping all of us uh, get those eyeballs out on these prospects. And um, we'll have our initial invites go out in the fall, and then we'll be working very diligently on continuing uh, to speak with our contacts, as you said, Rick, and to continue to identify these players who we think are going to be great fits for our game and who ultimately are going to become great future union members as we lead up to the game on the 18th there. Yeah. So, so uh, much excitement in the air. I can't contain myself. Um, it's all true. It's going down. It's the 2020 NFL PA collegiate bowl, the ninth annual NFL PA collegiate bowl in Pasadena, uh, California, January 18th. It's a week long festivities. We'll have more details each and every week. And, uh, Dan, we kept you a little bit longer here today. Our first episode in the books here, wanted to just get our message out there. But we're going to pull back the curtains each and every week and hopefully have you here just so you can shed some insight onto uh, what's going on, what's developing with the game, any parting shots, last words for the people, a message that you want to deliver before we let you go. Yeah, well, no, again, boys, it's been a pleasure being on here. And, you know, I really appreciate you guys having me. Exciting times at the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl, and uh, as you said, we're chomping at the bit to get on out here and 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 go see these guys and gear up for an outstanding year. So, um, looking forward to getting back on here with you guys, and uh, keep doing a great job, fellas. Sounds good, Dan. Uh, try to enjoy the birthday as much as you can here today. I know uh, there's a lot of work to be done, so you'll uh be grinding and scouting and and uh you know that's part of the celebration of it all so we appreciate you by the way you know we really haven't had to talk one-on-one since you came back from italy but all those meals you were eating over there i mean you were just making me very <laughs> jealous uh on facebook you know and so uh <laughs> i'm getting i'm getting excited to to eat in in january when we get to uh finally watch all the hard work and, and, and uh, fruition come to uh, reality. So, uh, Hey, thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you next week, Dane. And, uh, you know, look forward to this whole process with you. Yeah. My stomach's growling again, Rick, thinking about some of those deals, but <laughs> yeah. no, hey, I appreciate it very much. And, uh, you know, Hey, there's nothing I'd rather be doing on my birthday too than spending it with uh, uh, family and talking football. So appreciate you guys very much. Hey, that's what it's all about. That's Dane Vandernat, the executive director of the NFL PA Collegiate Bowl. What an honor and a privilege to work underneath him and uh, just the leadership that he's brought to the table. And 
the direction and the and the vision and the goals that he has for this event is really going to catapult the whole NFL PA Bowl to new heights. And you heard him say he's out here to be the number one all-star game in the country. And I can tell you it's going to be diverse. It's going to be unique. It's going to be dynamic. It's going to be well attended. And there's going to be more talent than we've ever had before because we're going to do the work and do our due diligence, Joe. So, uh, hey, you know, I get excited talking to Dane. He's just so full of energy. And, you know, really I did not know him prior to this um, whole process happening. And I can tell you that just based on uh, people that know Dane and the agents and the people in the industry that talk about him, I mean, his reputation precedes him in a good way. And his excitement and enthusiasm and leadership is really contagious. And I'm so forward, uh, looking forward to working with him, Joe. But just uh, thoughts and impressions from what you've heard there from Dane. Oh, good. Definitely. Likewise, looking to learning and uh, working around you. But um, I think anybody that has worked under Al Davis must have the patience of a saint. We know this. So uh, that, that we can expect that much out of him, but um, also just that staff. I, I mean, that's it's not an easy job. So uh, having that experience, uh, I think, is uh, just invaluable. So big time. Looking forward to um, picking up some stuff from him, like uh, more than anything. Yeah. Hey, Al Davis, one of the best to ever do it. Obviously, a Hall of Famer, and uh, rest in peace, Al. So. You know, we're going to get to lean on his uh, experience, his insight, his thought process each and every week here. We're about 270 days or so to the 2020 NFL draft. Um, The 2020 NFL PA Collegiate Bowl will be here before you know it. January 18th, we'll get you the information, how to get tickets and all that uh, leading up to the event. But today, Joe, uh, as Dane mentioned, quarterbacks, running backs, uh, tight ends were even released today as this show is airing. We'll get to them next week. But quarterbacks, running backs, we have more uh, than enough players to, to chomp on here. So let's start off with the signal callers. Everybody gets excited about the quarterbacks. Uh, touch base on some of the players highlighted here that you're excited about. Well, I mean, there's the headliners. Um, a guy that should have been in last year's class, Justin Herbert. Uh, I, I, I still think he has the potential to vie for number one quarterback this year. Uh, no matter how many people are infatuated with the Alabama kid, uh, there's just a lot to like about Herbert. Uh, he gets uh, legitimate arm strength, but he's also just a, I think, a pretty rare athlete for being that tall. I, I, he comes back to play with his brother, and I, I think if you're the NFL team, then you just go ahead and follow it up and draft his brother too. No brainer there. But um, he's he's got to be the headliner, clearing away. And then for me, the rest of the stud uh, uh, say category of the senior class, I, I think I got to put Jalen Hurts in there because I mean, you go to this offense, you're throwing to C.D. Lamb and Calcutta and those running backs. I mean, I know they're going to have a whole new offensive line, but. Lincoln Riley, I mean, this this is the chosen one. I'll tell you, if uh, he, he cranks out another Heisman Trophy winning category, or, uh, a quarterback with Hurts, then uh, that $4.5 million uh, uh, retainer that uh, what Oklahoma assigned him to, like that, any team's just going to pay that, and he'll be a pro coach next year. Uh, that That's what we do know, but 
regardless, I think Hurts still, um, how it goes, he's an appealing prospect. It's just a smooth mover, man, uh, just to watch. I think he could even potentially, I don't know how he catches the ball, but that's a guy that, that he's just such a good athlete. You could see him making a position conversion if need be, but I still think he, he's a talented quarterback. There's just that he's got to have the right coach to tap it out and then, I still have not forgotten. He may not be on the list, but, you know, if there's a guy that's, like, saying, hey, what, 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 where my name at, bro? Uh, DeAndre Francois is not out of this conversation. I mean, I know he's had some off-field problems. You know, he's been injured. He's had, he's, he's had hype, but now he's fallen. And, you know, going to Florida Atlantic, that might just be uh, the perfect fit. So he's a guy that, it's still in my mind he's at the forefront because I, I don't think you'd have to talk anybody hard into saying, hey, this could be the renaissance, the rebirth of Francois at FAU. Like, I don't think that it would surprise anybody. So he's still in my, like, when I'm thinking of the top seniors and then the last guy included in that would be Montez. I, I think there's a pro there. He carries himself in that way, um, big arm. And uh, it, I think he's poised to take that next step this year as a senior. He's thrown to a stud. I don't think I have to tell anybody that. But um, those two are kind of they, – they've got a real unspoken bond, and that's what I think is going to carry Montez. He's uh, To me, he's draftable. I mean, I don't know, man, I'm crazy, but those four guys, I think they're kind of the, the leaders of the pack right now as far as that senior class goes. Yeah, I mean, you talk about some of these, uh, especially the bigger-bodied quarterbacks like a, a Nate Stanley and Stephen Montez. I think Stanley, you know, has a, a you know on some teams' boards maybe a day two grade. Montez maybe a day three grade. Well, hey, if I'm looking to develop a quarterback, uh, I'm looking at Montez as a guy that hey, you know, uh, I'm trying to get him into my program, maybe um, let him develop in the system for a year or two and see what we have there. But yeah, he's got a rocket arm. Uh, just a cannon, and he's a little bit of a quirky personality too. You know, he he likes to have a little bit of fun. I've seen some of his interviews, and he's kind of you know messing around with with, with the interviewee, and uh, you know you can appreciate that a little bit. So he doesn't take himself too serious. Um, you know, some other guys here. It's funny you mentioned uh, Francois at FAU and that Lane Kiffin coaching staff. You know, <clears throat> speaking of the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl, we had Brent Stockstill from Middle Tennessee State there uh, this past year, didn't quite latch on to the league, but just got hired by Lane Kiffin to be part of that FAU coaching staff. So uh, Stockstill will be working with Francois, who you mentioned. And there's some good quarterbacks down there in Florida. I mean, uh, Blake Barnett, uh, former Alabama recruit uh, down there at South Florida. I mean, I, I felt like he really came into his own towards the end of the season there. Um, you know, so you know there there's some good some good quarterbacks there in the state of Florida that we'll be keeping tabs on. And then, uh, Joe, you know I'm a sucker for the small school guys, always looking for that under the radar gem that we can uncover. And I'll be down at uh, the Mammoth uh, Media Day in August, August 19th. In fact, this Kenji Bahar uh, that's been starting since his I want well, freshman or sophomore season. I've had a chance to watch him now develop into a uh, very sound quarterback, of course, playing there in the uh, Big Sky Conference. I'm looking forward to watching uh, him develop this year. Ben DiNucci from James Madison is the guy 
that you know I've heard from scouts just you know hey keep an eye on this kid uh, there 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 might be something there and you know we saw Kyle Lawletta a few years ago uh, come out of Richmond I think Danucci is kind of in that category where hey you know he could make some uh, some some noise here this upcoming season and then uh, Jacob Nip Northern Colorado has been getting some preseason hype another one of these uh, pocket passing you know big arms can sling the rock. Uh, now he's, you know, had some injury woes in the past. So, you know, I don't know how he's going to check out medically, but if he has a healthy season, well then, Hey, there's another guy ball state transfer Riley Neal coming over to the sec to test his skills, uh, the Vanderbilt quarterback there. And, um, you know, don't forget about guys like uh, the Michigan state signal caller, uh, Lewerke. I mean, this was a guy before the shoulder injury last year that was being very uh, highly thought of as a potential pro signal caller. So um, lots of good talent here, I think, in the senior quarterback class. Uh, that's not always the case each and every year. We didn't even mention a guy like Jordan Love, Joe, of Utah State, who's um, really high on some teams' boards. And, you know, I don't know if you have any thoughts on the players that I just mentioned, but any other quarterbacks that you want to talk about or discuss, Kelly Bryant. Uh, another one of these transfers coming over from Clemson, from the ACC into the SEC, Missouri, stepping in there for Drew Locke. So uh, lots of lots of players here that we covered on this initial watch list. Any parting shots here on the quarterback position? Well, I think Lewerke is a guy that gets a bad rap, and you're one of the few people that brought up the shoulder injury. I think so many people readily criticize him for last year and say he got benched for uh, was Rocky Lombardi, but uh, I think he dealt with that shoulder injury for uh, a large portion of the season, but it definitely affected him, and he's a guy, it's so funny, you know, he got hyped so much, now he's just being tossed to the gutter. He could really change that narrative again and flip-flop the entire thing, so I, I have not given up on Lewerke either, and then um, there's just a few sleepers. I think we definitely have to mention that Tommy Stevens. Uh, the Penn State transfer who's going to be starting for Mississippi State. just a big old kid. Uh, he almost beat out Trace McSorley. But, the, you know, how are you gonna, not going to go with the incumbent quarterback if you're James Franklin and you, you know, won all the games, had all that success? And, yeah, we benched him. How would that go over? So Stevens bided his time, and I guess he just couldn't get the guarantee that he was going to start. So Joe Moorhead, an official QB whisperer, is going to have a player that already knows his scheme a polished quarterback that's ready to prove some doubters wrong. And he got some, uh, Stephen's got some Jim Nagy hype, I believe, from the Twitter as well. So that's, uh, I think, a sleeper to watch out for. And definitely uh, Florida, you brought up, we would be remiss if we didn't also add James Morgan, the FIU quarterback. I've only seen a couple of games, but I would, uh, I'll just be bold and say he may be the Brian Hoyer of the future. No, he's not flashy. No, he doesn't have a cannon, but there's some nuance to his game. I, I saw in both games, I watched him just manipulating coverage, looking safeties off, and the guy doesn't quit, just gets spanked by Miami. It was a horrible game for him and his O-line. Uh, I think his O-line would admit that, but uh, he didn't give up, kept slinging it, a couple scores late. Uh, you just like to see the you know competitiveness uh, from your starter. And then the last one, I don't know, just talking about senior quarterbacks, a guy I think has a chance to get drafted in Canada just because he's Canadian, Nathan Rourke from Ohio. 
uh, starting for Frank Solich is a good experience, but also being born, I believe, in Ontario. Uh, look out, CFL, future star, maybe Hamilton Tiger Cats starter. I don't know. We shall see. Look out, Nathan Rourke. Hey, I could. I I already got my phones blowing up from all my CFL guys. I want to know more. They want to know more. Hey, uh, that's what we do here at the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl Watch List Show with Joe Everett, Rick Saratella. We were just uh, joined by Executive Director Dane Vandernat. Uh, you mentioned the uh, FIU kid, James Morgan, Joe. Uh, you know, because of him, Wagner benefited uh, from the transfer. I had a chance to speak to at NEC Media Day, Christian Alexander, who was the uh, Bahamas Bowl MVP last year for FIU, uh, transferring um, to Wagner now and getting a chance there. So two FIU quarterbacks potentially on the radar. We talked about the state of Florida. And then Tommy Stevens uh, coming over from Penn State, working with my man uh, Moorhead, who comes over from Fordham. All of a sudden, my my local guys are doing big things in the SEC, so that's always a beautiful thing to see. Um, you know, again, follow Joe at Joe W Everett. Follow us at NFL Draft Bible. I think I forgot to mention Dane's Twitter handle, which is at D Vandernat. That's a uh, must follow, especially during the draft season. Once we get to making our campus visits and going out on the games. Uh, that's going to be a, a Twitter account that you really want to follow there. So uh, we're going to be on location across the nation, counting you down to Pasadena uh, 2019. Joe, I can't wait to get there. Uh, but before we get there, we got to do our homework and select some folks. And the uh, running back watch list also came out this week. Again, you can follow at NFL PA Bowl for all the positional releases. Uh, who are some of the top running backs here that you want to highlight? It's a little more difficult because, like, these seniors, I feel it's pick your flavor ice cream. You're looking for that big back. You're looking for the pile mover. Are you looking for the third down guy, the kick returner? But I've got to pick one. I'm picking Zach Moss um, coming off an injury, I believe. But the instincts from what I've, I've just footage from 2017 i've tried to watch uh different years from the kid but uh i i still see a back that catches efficiently i don't think there's a lot of weakness in his game really physical and just confident shedding tackles uh he's one-on-one even if it's two guys he has a plan and his mind it's just already decided but uh, before the initiation it's uh kind of a neat thing to see when he uh lines a guy up uh, I'd give it to Moss, but the guy at the top of this list, as I'm looking at it on uh, the NFLPA site, uh, I'm glad to see Darius Anderson. Uh, I, I would have never thought he made it to a senior. You watch him as a freshman and, and sophomore, uh, you think you're looking at Superman for TCU. He was just uh, up inside the matrix on some of the moves, the anticipation he had, and uh, just hard luck the last two years really with injuries, but I think it's a pretty gnarly ankle injury that took him out. Uh, either way, that's a guy, you you don't give up on him. You keep his name on the list. He's sharing with that Siwa, Wali, Yuna, Yoda, whatever, uh, the, the big backs. So there's two different kinds of backs at TCU, but Anderson's the more NFL profile. He, uh, I, I think, would uh, fit nicely as that third down back in the league. And then um, the other guy... I just don't know where he's going to be going to school. I don't think 
I don't think Virginia Tech or South Carolina does neither. Uh, Tavian Feaster from Clemson, he's still, I, 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 last I read, has not made up his mind. I think he's leaning harder towards uh, South Carolina, and I would too. Just play some SEC ball, keep your name on the top of the desk. Someone might draft you. You might get lost at Virginia Tech. I don't know. I mean, I'm not as confident in either of these coaches for that matter, but like Justin Fuente, um, it's tough. I, I just, but wherever Feaster ends up, that's a big back, uh, really nice proportioned. Uh, I don't think he's said that that weak catching the passes. It's just they had Travis Etienne. You know, what, what are you going to do for Clemson? You're getting the best player on the field. But this guy was an important part of a backfield that won two national championships. He's uh, played some big-time football and a lot of it. So I, I think that's a name that sticks right out on there. And then um, – Sleepers, man. Uh, my boy James Gilbert, Kansas State, formerly Ball State. You know, I I love old uh, the, the Cardinals there. Uh, he's I don't know where he fits in exactly at Kansas State, but a really nifty back and a guy that he may seem like a small diminutive back. He just keeps on coming. Really physical runner for his size. And then my two sleepers, that Jason Huntley. If I'm calling out one that deserves to be on, New Mexico State's Jason Huntley, people may not know the name, but and he's sharing carries for that matter for the Aggies. I don't care. He's, I think he caught 43 balls last year. He is an accomplished receiver, and he's a dynamic kick returner. Three touchdowns last year. Even as a freshman, what was it, uh, Larry Rose the third or something uh, was the back when he had arrived there. But as a kick returner, he's running them back, and everyone's like, man, this, this the new guy looked good. So uh, I would say uh, Huntley from uh, New Mexico State. That's about just uh, keep your name on it or the tabs on that name. And then uh, he's in our list here from uh, what I could say, the uh, San Diego State back, Juan Washington, another guy from freshman on. You knew mm-hmm. you had a dynamic player, a, a special teamer. And I, I even told this to Rashad Penny when I got the chance to interview him. It was like, you know, one of the most impressive plays I ever saw you was special teams, Juwan Washington, uh, kickoff return touchdown. There was one Aztec ahead of Washington the whole damn time, and it was Penny blocking a guy 10 yards upfield. I mean, it was uh, – Special teams over in San Diego State under Rocky Law, it's a, it's a different thing. They just they did take it seriously over there. And uh, with Washington, you're, it's another guy that I think similar to Huntley. You're getting a real good uh, receiver, but uh, someone that can contribute in a number of ways, and you know you're, you're getting a real strong return man. Yeah, you know, I can tell you firsthand I've had a, quite a few agent inquiries on Jawan Washington, San Diego State, uh, hot to trot, uh, which tells me, hey, that's a key indicator of, uh, you know, the agents get word, and usually uh, the players' uh, prospects have a good chances uh, when April rolls around. Some other guys he touched base upon there, you know, that Sewo uh, from TCU, big, big bruising back, uh, 240-plus pounds. You know, there is some off-the-field baggage there, too. So, like you mentioned, Joe, I think um, Anderson maybe with the better chance to be selected come April, but um, you know that's a situation we'll monitor. And Feaster, like you said, South Carolina, Virginia Tech, he's going to be playing some big time football somewhere. Uh, one of the better senior running backs, of course, my guy Reggie Corbin over at Illinois. I can't leave him out. Uh, I just, 
you know, I have an affinity for him, you know, whether it's a day three pick or an undrafted free agent, this is a guy I want to bring in camp. You know, you talk about uh, why I wouldn't pick a running back early on. Well, you know, I, I can put together a makeshift running back by committee and, uh, you know, just look no further than a Philip Lindsay and uh, uh, C.J. Anderson and, you know, at the next level, a Reggie Corbin might be a guy that I would want to be part of my backfield committee. Um, <clears throat> Artavis Pierce from Oregon State, if you saw the Ohio State game last year before the injury, uh, he was the fastest player on the field on both sides of the ball. I was very impressed with Artavis Pierce. Now, I'm going to be watching to see if he recuperates from injury and has that same speed. But, I mean, Joe, this guy had, like, back-to-back runs of, like, 77 and 83 yards, if I recall offhand correctly, where he just outran the entire Ohio State defense, including Damon Arnett, who's been timed in the 4-3 range. Um, Artavius Pierce, if at full strength, could be one of the fastest guys in Indy if he gets a combine invite. So uh, that's one guy I really feel like is so far under the radar. I'm excited about him. And then Josh Kelly from UCLA, well, hey, we're playing in the Rose Bowl. Uh, we're going to be keeping tabs on the talented running back out of UCLA. Um, and shout out to Dorian Thompson, the quarterback there, who I had a chance to coach when I was living in Las Vegas for a very brief time. Uh, coached some seven-on-seven tournaments, and Dorian was one of my quarterbacks. I said, what are you doing on the eighth-grade team? You should be out there as a starting quarterback for our high school team. He was that good. Um, so it's interesting to watch him develop and grow under the tutelage of Chip Kelly there at UCLA. Um, Joe, it's been really fun breaking it all down. It's been too long since our last show. Uh, Any final thoughts on the running back position? Anything here you want to say as we close out our first edition of the 2020 NFLPA Collegiate Bowl Watch List show? I'm really excited and pumped up to be talking football with you once again each and every week leading up to Pasadena. Man, time flies when you're when you're uh, uh, just cutting it up. But uh, you know, I'm, I'm really happy to see some of the guys on this list more than anything. Uh, I, I have to say it. I'm smiling ear to ear to see Richie Worship Purdue, the big 250 pound bulldozer. <laughs> this is a guy you cannot help but like. Every carry he gets, you. Is why football's football there, uh, and then we'd be remiss if we did Keyshawn Vaughn and like talking about Riley Neal. Next show, we just give it away. Elijah uh, Lipscomb. I mean, this Vanderbilt offense might score some points for the first time. Look, at, I don't think Derek Mason's even ready for that. Uh, and then the last guy would want to uh, bloodlines. You know, I got my bloodline. Samaje Pirine. It's uh, is uh, I believe it's his cousin. It's not his brother. But LaMichael P. Ryan and Samaje P. Ryan, uh, LaMichael's oh, from Mobile, Alabama, I believe. Okay. But those uh, the P. Ryan boys are related, uh, and they're both kind of similar. But, I mean, uh, LaMichael's about 227, 230. Uh, he's not as big as Samaje, but there's some thick backs that uh going to force some business decisions out there on the field. Okay, did not know that, and that's why he's Joe Everett, never leaving a stone unturned. You can follow him on Twitter at Joe W. Everett. You can follow Dane Vandernat at the Vandernat. You can follow us all uh, at NFL Draft Bible. And, of course, 
We're just getting started with the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl. Follow them at NFLPA Bowl for the positional preview breakdown. Of course, Joe and I will be back each and every week to break you down uh, what we're thinking here at the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl with Executive Director Dane Vandernat. We're going to be transparent with this process. Uh, you know, whether you're an agent, a scout, a, a GM, uh, even if you're the Bengals, the, the coaching staff over there double dipping as scouts, hey, hit us up, contact us. You know, we've been in dialogue and communicating with all the teams and getting their feedback and, 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 and input. And of course, you know, when you start with, you know, 2,000 players and you try to whittle them down uh, to a 375-player watch list, Joe, obviously you can't watch every player, but uh, part of the process is, is knowing who to listen to. And our wide network, whether it's Dane or myself or Ron Hill with 40-plus years of experience in the NFL, I, I promise you this, we're going to get it right. And as someone I know on the other end of the line might say, if it ain't tight, it ain't right. I can guarantee that <laughs> come January 18th, we're going to field a roster of players that everybody is going to be excited about. And again, I, I thank um, all the great folks at the NFL PA, Terry Smith, Lester Archambu, Dane Vandernat, uh, everyone that's given the NFL Draft Bible an opportunity here to be part of this process, part of this event. Um, it's really going to be something special, and we're taking it to the next level. So please, we literally can't stop. We won't stop. We don't know how to stop. In fact, we're just getting started. So, Joe, let's break it all down. We'll be back next week. We'll talk about some more skill position players, and uh, we'll be breaking it all down. So thank you for tuning in, whether it's iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, SoundCloud. Please subscribe, share it. Uh, we have new episodes coming along. Of course, our infectious uh, scouting podcast with Russ Landy will be airing each and every week and then of course I'm going to have to huddle up with Joe and Justin and get NFL Draft Bible Radio going but it's hey it's July 26th today 29 days away from the kickoff of football can you smell the pigskin baby till the next time everybody the NFL PA Collegiate Bowl Watchlist Show is part of the All Access Football Network thanks for listening and be sure to subscribe